this summer we're bringing you double koi gig let's get to the Russo goal straight away like a back heel nutmeg like it was <laughs> for me it was one of the moments of the tournament subscribe to the OTB koi gig pod on the OTB sports app now OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar got Alan Keane with us another Sligo legend a man in his seven seasons of the club won the league won the FAI Cup won the League Cup won the Satanta Sports Cup as well won it all effectively with a bit of red and he is very much the voice of Sligo Rovers on the commentary and was on commentary with Jessica Ferry last night as well Alan how are you getting on this morning? Morning how's things? Oh, well look I'd say as a Sligo man and as a Sligo supporter at this stage while you're doing the commentaries as well this must be one of the best mornings to wake up as a Sligo supporter yeah, I'd say there's a few sore heads now around Sligo this morning um, after that result. Um, look at it, it was just superb uh, from start to finish. And uh, look at it, kicked off with, as you said there earlier, with uh, Shane Blaney free kick. Absolutely top drawer. And uh, uh, you could feel the atmosphere, the build-up to the game. You could feel the balls in around the ground and it just gave a lift. And um, Motherwell really offered nothing. And, and people might say Motherwell were poor, but that's that's down to, I suppose, the tactics of Sligo Rovers and didn't not really letting them play. Well, Graham Alexander, the Motherwell boss, said that after both of the legs that you know Motherwell didn't play well, but he gave all credit to Sligo for how they played, particularly after the away leg uh, last week. And to be fair, I think there were many of us who kind of wondered after the UCD game what kind of form Sligo were in going across to Scotland. But that's two really good back-to-back performances. I'm talking about the quality of football here as much as the results themselves. Yeah, like, look at, uh, you go back two weeks ago when they played Ballatown and... Uh, like no disrespect to Ballatown, they're part timers. They're, you know, some of them are have a, a day job and stuff like that. And they come over here and effectively Sligo Rovers should be out of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, they've missed chance upon chance and it, they've took it to penalties. Then fast forward three or four days, they go Sligo Rovers play UCD and get played off the park and, uh, and get beat. So no one gave anyone a chance um, going over there. Sligo Rovers a chance over there. But sometimes as players, that's what you're relishing because you. No one's giving you a chance. You're going out there with the freedom. You have a free hit nearly, as they say. And I think once they scored that Keane goal and they held on to something, it's, it then started giving them the belief. And John Russell, the way he is, is uh, and he's a top-class pro as, uh, as a player, he, and I know the in-depth that he goes into in management, he would have just said to the lads, look, there's a massive opportunity here for you. You have nothing to fear. And and it's exactly what they've done. I had a little bit of fear last night that the big crowd that was there sometimes they get kind of a little caught up in it but no I think uh, that Shane Blaney free just absolutely settled them into the game and, and they, they kicked on from there When it came to the big crowd as well there was every effort made to try and extend the attendance which was possible at the showgrounds like, I'm sure one of the questions Alan that's going to come up now with Viking coming up in the next round and you know the financial advantages are there from having a big crowd is there any possibility that Sligo moved this game away from the showgrounds now? Well uh, it is uh, going by the the UEFA criteria for for the third round. It ha- it, it can there, there's it, it has to be moved away from Sligo. Um, but I know behind the scenes here, speaking to um, one or two of the committee and the chairman last night, they're doing every best effort to, to keep it in Sligo. Um, they really want it, and I think taking the game away from here would kill kind of a little bit of a buzz, you know. So the fans. You know, having to go across it probably more than likely be Tala. It's probably the the next best um, the stadium. Um, but I don't know what's the uh, what's exactly the criteria. But I know that the the club are definitely working and trying to keep it here. I think it has to be a four thousand two 
four and a half thousand seater stadium, and I think Sligo Rovers have three thousand nine hundred or three thousand eight hundred, so they're they're a bit short. And you can't put in a temporary stand mm. uh, going by the way for standards either. So it will be disappointing if it's moved uh, moved uh, away from Sligo, but I'm sure the the club will do their best efforts to to keep it in Sligo. And Alan, I'm sure the the team themselves being used to playing on the pitch, all those type of things will really stand to them in these type of games. Yeah, that's it. Like you, you know, as a player, you're kind of you're used to all your surroundings, you're used to things. So when you get moved away for your home game away somewhere else, it it, it is difficult because I don't think you feel that buzz that that does be around the town here. Um, once it's once it's uh, shifted across up to Dublin, yeah, there's a massive support in Dublin as well for for Sligo Rovers, but. Uh, Everyone will want it here in, in, in Sligo because it'll bring that buzz. But it'll bring that buzz providing they, they get a good result in the in the the away leg first, which is away first next thir- next Thursday. Yeah, even from covering Dundalk in the last few seasons where they've had to go to the Aviva Stadium and they've had to go to Tala. Uh, notwithstanding the last run in the group stage of the Europa League was during the pandemic so that kind of changed things as well but it doesn't quite feel the same when your team has to go to someone else's ground to play as great as these occasions are and you know playing teams like Arsenal and Molde in their case it isn't quite and for Sligo particularly having to come all the way across the country to play as well No it's not and I was part of the Dundalk uh, Europa, Le- uh, Europa League side in 2016 and we had to I remember you know we were up around Dundalk and you your next game, you're playing, I think it was Sinna St. Petersburg and we had to go to Tala to play them there and it just wasn't the same kind of buzz. You're going, you're, you're leaving Dundalk to come and play in Tala. So, uh, look at, um, they have a great committee down here in Sligo, great chairman, Tommy Higgins, uh, Colin Feely, CEO. So, I know for a fact that they'll do everything in their right. Um, I think there's an inspection in the next uh, couple of days, well, a day or two and hopefully that's passed and they get to have it here because it's great like the fans and everything it'll be it'll just mean a lot to the town as well because during the week here the buzz around the place and then when the Motherwell fans arrived in uh, Wednesday you know it was some atmosphere and you could feel the buzz around the town Yeah look it's the memories from nights like tonight that will resonate and stay around with Sligo supporters for a lot longer than the money coming in but from a financial point of view this is going to bring in close to a million euro by the end of this run it's 850,000 already in the bank when I think of you know Sligo a few years ago having to fundraise and having to fundraise quite heavily this is such an important injection of money into the club Massive because I think the budget I think is 1.8 million for the, for the year. So you're talking that 850k straight off is 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 absolutely massive, and it'll stand to them for the next uh, year or two. But it's important as well that they they do try and qualify again for Europe next year, and that's I think that's where the financial uh, rewards are. And it is difficult. Our league is 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 a is a really difficult league because you look at the league at the minute, like there's four or five six teams fine for that European uh, three European spots like so um, for for John as well it would be a massive boost he might be able to strengthen his squad to have a big push in the league uh, come towards the end of the year How important a signing has Aidan Keane been? We mentioned outside the show it was not that long ago he was playing in Scotland himself he's come in scored a lot of goals for you so far this season Yeah like Aidan Keane like he, he he reminds me of uh, when he first joined. He reminds me of that Mark Quigley the way he plays. He's just the, the instincts of him in around the box. He's cleverness, and you've seen it for the second goal last night. He's just he's picked the ball up. He's he's put it around the defender on a plate for Max Mata. Um, and there was there was parts of the game last night where he's broke. He's tried to chip the keeper from from a distance, and he did do it at one stage, but it was a free out. Like you know, so uh, it was offside or something. But um, he's a top class player, and it was great business by John to to get him tied down to, to 
2024. But I tell you what, there will be clubs looking at him, and um, he could go for a fee if 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 he keeps up the performances that he's putting in. You mentioned the journey you've had so far. I mean, like McGinty basically keeps Sligo in Europe in that game against Bala going back a few weeks ago. Now, you can look forward for the first time ever to playing the third round of qualifying for a tournament when it comes to this uh, new conference league. What's the feeling about going to Viking and playing Norway next week or playing in Norway next week even? You see, that's it. Like, you just don't know. It's, it's like, as you said, Balatown got Balatown. People were booking their, their, their trips for Motherwell and they were lucky to get through, you know. So, People now are kind of going, as, as the rounds go on, I'm sure a lot of people are Googling Viking last night and Googling Viking uh, this morning. And they're no great, uh, like there no, won't be any easy pushover either. Like, But it's important that next Thursday that they go there and they, they be able to take a result back home to Sligo, um, you know, or wherever the game may be, because it's uh, very important. And I think that's the, the story of the season so far for, for Sligo Rovers. When they're the underdogs, they really, really perform. Um when they're at the favourites tag, i.e. Ballatown, the UCD game and a few others, uh, they don't seem to perform. But I think the lads, John will keep them um, grounded. And I'm sure this morning he's looking straight away, he's looking uh, forward to the Westford Youth game at the weekend in the FAI Cup. It's a slightly more complex trip uh, this time round to get to Norway, I think, as well, because a few mates of mine who were Sligo supporters went to both the away games and ahead of the Bala game, they got a couple of nights in Liverpool and a lot went over and kind of took in either Glasgow or Edinburgh on the way to Motherwell last time out. Two relatively easy trips to make. This time round, probably a little bit more difficult to get to Norway, as Pats fans probably saw. We'll be talking to some of the Pats camp later, but they had to go, I think, into Austria and then go from Austria to Slovenia. So um, I'd say planes, trains, automobiles will have to be worked out for people going to Norway next week. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of places already being looked at and, and uh, logistically. But I think the club are looking to put on a chartered flight um, and they're working on that as well at the minute. So hopefully that they can get that because there's no uh, there's no doubt about it, they'll pack that out. Um, you know, it was a couple of years back, I think it was 2010, we went to Poltava and they had to put on a chartered flight. They could have put on three or four chartered flights. Um, you know, the, the fans are just, I think they're caught up in the European buzz now as well and um, some do like the the trips, you know, the the getting the uh, the bus, then a train, then another train across, you know. So it's all part and parcel of of the European trips, I suppose. But it is logistically, it is a difficult uh, trip for them. I'm going to ask you about John Russell and the impact that he's had because there were plenty of people who looked at say when Buckley left and wondering what direction Sligo were going to go in, and there have been, as you mentioned, a few kind of ropey domestic results along the way. But it seems that he's got that team really playing for him now. Yeah, it is. And, and John, like, John would have worked obviously under Lean for a while, so he'd known his players, he would have known exactly what it wants, but I'm not sure the input he had when Lean was there. So I think we're probably now seeing the Im- input that John would like to put in himself. Uh, John, John will want the players playing on the front foot. He's a clever in his way as well. He, he, like, you know, he'll do his research on every team, everything, and he'll know how to man manage the players, and he's very good like that. He's not only, um, he's a nice man as well, so he, He'll look at the lads, I suppose, on a personal level as well. But also, he won't be afraid to to let it known if he's not happy. And um, I think the impact he's made from his first game, uh, Derry City beating them at home, Derry were flying it, and next thing, they beat them at home. And uh, yes, they had a few ropey results, and, and a few fans were like, all oh, wrong decision. Uh, shouldn't have just done that. But it's uh, football is it's patience, and it's paid off, you know. Um, this is the first time in the history of the club that they've got past the second round, you know, so... Um, absolutely delighted for the, for Rustler and uh, obviously the club. Yeah, so it's a magnificent run. Alan, thanks a million for joining us on OTBM this morning. No problem. Thanks. Thanks to yourselves.
delighted to say that we've got Alana Canan from OTB Sports who's going to be joining us in a moment as well. She was at the showgrounds last night, Ash. I mean, it has to be one of those things you go along to watch your own team succeed like that. She got a couple of fan videos which we're going to play out in a few minutes too. And like, League of Ireland fans are often long-suffering. And mm-hmm. when you get results like this, they're there to be cherished. And it's perhaps even all the more special that Pats went through in the same night as well. It's massive. It really is. And this is why you're a fan. This is why you're a supporter, especially if it's your own club as well. You know, you, these nights don't come around too often. As we said, they had, what, four, I think, wins in Europe before these games. And it's just unbelievable for them now to be on this run and to see John, a former player in there as well, taking them, you know, to this as well is something else. Um, and it's just special. It really is. And we'll see what happens now after this and how far they can go on. But it's massive for the club. It's only going to drive the club on further it shows what they can do it highlights the League of Ireland it's just brilliant and yeah I'm sure they will kick on because last night I thought was really impressive you know they're coming up against a good Motherwell side you know they're a good Scottish Premiership team and yeah I think they put in a really good performance and yeah it's exciting now to see yeah, they can go. forget Shamrock Rovers as well and we're celebrating Pats and Sligo today but Rovers been a really good performance against Ludogorets on Tuesday night uh, the damage was done with the goals that they conceded in the first leg but they went out in their shield and they'll still be hopeful of progressing in Europe next week so I'd say Alana Canan is with us now uh, who was at the showgrounds last night how does that rank Alana of nights that you've gone to the showgrounds getting through to the third round of qualifying in Europe it's uh, it's definitely up there well <laughs> um, I suppose uh, I was the product of the 2010 kind of area where we won the two FAI Cups and then the league. So I'd say now there was a few more that had that kind of passion ignited in them last night from uh, grown men crying to little kids being over the moon. It was just, it was an amazing night. Yeah, we're just looking at some of the fan footage here at the moment for those who are joining us on social media on OTBAM. I mean, it's packed to the rafters, Alana, is the first thing. You know, as Alan was mentioning, unfortunately, UEFA weren't allowing temporary stands to win, where they were trying to increase the capacity beyond uh, the 4,500. But anyone who could get a ticket that was a Sligo Rovers fan to go in and watch that game against Motherwell last night, and a sizable Scottish support came over too, were packed into the showgrounds. Yeah, definitely will. And there was even uh, a few that didn't get a ticket that maybe were wanting to, wanting to be in there. I know there was talk maybe of um, the mall setting up a screen in town. Now that didn't uh, pan out in the end, but that was the demand for the tickets. It tells you all you need to know in that regard because, uh, yeah, there was just masses and masses of people. I haven't seen the showgrounds really like it in years, to be honest. Um, and as you're saying there, it's just bringing that buzz back to the club and highlighting the the product that we have in the League of Ireland. I think, you know, sometimes we often kind of give out about it, maybe in that, uh, you know, a lot of our best players maybe end up going overseas, but that just tells you the calibre of the product that is there. And, you know, you get days like this, then the odd time for all the hardship of it for those fans, I guess. And tell us about the reaction. Three minutes in, Shane Blaney's free kick. What was it like? (laughs) Yeah, I think it just said everyone's stunned. I, I'd I'd love to actually watch it back because uh, it went in and it was just like an oh my God kind of way because uh, it was from a massive distance. And I know he had mentioned even in the build-up that he does like those distances. But yeah, I think it was just stunned and then just um, jubilation, I guess. The jumps from the seats and the absolute screams because... While, um, you know, the Scottish media were calling Sly Rovers in the build-up to this, the Irish Minnows, um, maybe the Irish Minnows could um, pull out a result over 90 minutes, but to do it over 180 is a different story. And it just tells you that Sly Rovers were the better team on the day and did, in fact, deserve that result. It wasn't a, a fluke, I guess. 
I think it kind of surprised the Motherwell goalkeeper a little bit too. I was watching the game on Premier Sports and their commentary team were thinking he shouldn't be getting beaten from that kind of range. But I think genuinely he thought defender is coming up to address the ball here. In all likelihood, we're going to defend our 18-yard box and he's probably just clipping the ball in. You're not expecting a knuckleball free kick from that kind of range to be shot on goal. And as you say, by a defender too, you know, as like um, he was saying, even in the build-up, like I was just mentioning there, um, he does have it in his locker, but uh, like they were probably looking at this uh, defender walking up to the ball and going, oh God, like here we go, as you're saying. But when I was chatting to him there afterwards, he was just saying, um, you know, he struck it so well that it just floated into the top corner. Uh, like it was a brilliant goal to watch. And um, yeah, the showgrounds love that one. Yeah, shifty lad in contact on YouTube in the comments well. It seems League of Ireland teams might be able to hold their own in the Scottish League, uh, Division 1 in England also. Pity we don't really appreciate it here. And I'm included in that being more of a GA man. Congratulations uh, to Sligo Rovers. I think um, possibly a bit of a stretch to say that Sligo will be competing in the SPL um, or any of our League of Ireland teams, even Shamrock Rovers uh, competing in the SPL. It would be a hell of a step up. But when you think of, Alan, I was just looking back, we were chatting to Alan Keane a few minutes ago and he was on with the Bala game and you look at like how important McGinn he was and then next thing he gets transferred away this time of year is actually pretty difficult for League of Ireland clubs and Sligo felt that too where you know teams come in with cash for players and we were talking about on the show uh, last night uh, Nathan was chatting to a League of Ireland agent about you know how they just can't compete with the money that's available even in League 1 and League 2 in England and players are going to get taken away usually for very small release clauses but Sligo were able to just keep going and you've put in a new goalkeeper there for the last couple of games and he's done pretty well yeah, I'm I'm not sure if you caught it um, watching the stream well, but I noticed there was a moment and it's not getting much traction, I don't think. It was uh, well into the second half, but Luke McNicholas, the guy you're talking about who replaced Ed McGinty and has stood up to that. Um, it stood into those baits uh, superbly, but he came out and uh, was doing the sweeper-keeper, came well out of his line, well past the box to clear the ball and then headed it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Went the whole way out and then headed it. That just tells you um, the confidence, I suppose, that was in that squad. And it does have um, a mass amount of leaders too because let's say even Cawley went off and he passed the armband to McDonald, and then McDonald was going off and he passed it to Buckley. And you weren't kind of going, oh God, like, you know, all of them are leaders in that Sligo Rover squad. And then you'd forget, like, Greg Bulger wasn't even playing, you know. So I think, yeah, like you're saying there, you know, um, League of Ireland clubs do kind of get hit when the transfer window rolls around, but there is that quality there and other players like only too delighted to step up into those positions. Yeah, look, when your keeper's willing to come out and head the ball and sweep keep like that, that's just, <laughs> that's just total football. And look, yeah. in fairness, we sent Alan a few minutes ago, like Sligo played really nice football over these two legs. All the focus uh, in the UK is going to be that Motherwell have been embarrassed and knocked out in the second round of Europa League qualifying, but that doesn't give credit to how well Sligo have played over the last 180 minutes. Yeah, definitely. And um, I just heard a touch of Alan there before he came on. I think that's a credit to John Russell, but also like it's a credit to Liam Buckley. I think he's kind of got a bit forgotten about on all this because he's the one who got them there. Let's not um, like not remember that because um, he's the one who got them to this stage. Now, um, John has done superb work since he came in. And I'd say he himself, I was watching him on the sideline keenly last night. He was probably having flashbacks. I'm sure you're aware of that. Um, Rosenberg tie in 2014 you know Sligo came home and were expected to win that one and were um, I think it was 3-1 up with 77 minutes gone in the second leg you know and then uh, it all fell to pieces 4-3 then in the end and he was playing in that team so I'd say he knew well you know how to manage the expectations and kind of keep the nerves at bay 
even though uh, I'd say if you watch back the footage, his nerves weren't uh, weren't too good uh, coming into the second half there. Well, Anna, you were chatting to, well, one of the men at the moment uh, who's going to have a free kick that's going to be remembered for many a year. You were chatting to Shane Blaney last night. Yeah, he was uh, in fine form. I don't think he could quite believe um, the result himself. Um, he he knew, he, as he said, he had the free kick in his locker. But just then after that, I think he was kind of just soaking it in a little bit. And um, then, as ever, looking forward to the next game and putting it all behind them. I think they were all saying that, you know, um, they have the Norway tie, obviously, next week, but the FAI Cup first. And Sligo, as we all know, went out first round in the FAI Cup last year. So they'll be looking to avenge that and put on a performance there as well, I'd say. All right, we can uh, hear from Shane Blaney there talking to Alana after the game at the showgrounds. Shane, a massive performance from yourself tonight. What, what are the emotions like right now after that win? Oh, it's brilliant. Obviously a class night for the club and for us as players. and The crowd was unbelievable. Um, but no, it's, it's, just, it's just a really, really class night. Like. The goal had everyone stunned just a few minutes in. Talk us through that and what you were kind of thinking. I look, it was it was a good it was a good distance for me. I liked them. I liked the uh, that it was a wee bit further out, and and uh, I lined it up. And I seen that I seen kind of last last second he kind of shifted to his to his right hand post. He thought I might cut it back, but I've just put it over the far side. So thankfully it's it's snuck in and it's brilliantly. And the feeling afterwards? Brilliant, obviously class like. But I just knew I knew we had to focus straight away. Like cause I couldn't get, we couldn't get carried away. It was three minutes in, and we know the quality they have throughout their team, and they're obviously playing at a, at a higher level and. They have clever midfielders who can slip a slip a ball in and kill, and tear you apart in one pass. Like so, we knew we had to switch, be switched on, and thankfully we were over the ninety, over the ninety in both legs. And some people are saying that's the most kind of electric they've seen the showgrounds in years. Would you kind of echo that? Well, I've not seen much of the showgrounds in years, but that tonight that was unbelievable. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine there being many topping that. Like, um, but it's it's incredible to think we have another one coming now in two weeks' time. So. And then um, on defensive duties, then you were clearing the lines quite a lot. Also, um, what was that like? Kind of keeping keeping all sides uh, happy that way. You're on the score sheet and kept a clean sheet. Is that? Yeah, look, a clean sheet's massive. We, we knew that coming into coming into the tie. Obviously, a clean sheet was going to get us through. So to get two over both legs is it's it's what you want as a defender. And thankfully, we defended really well from from the front, not just not just us as a back four. Like from Aidan Keena and Max Mata when he came on. We defended so well from the front, and thankfully now we're three. And are you looking forward to that tie already? I know you have to. You have to say now the cup is first, but it is. It's so this cup's so important. Like, and Sunday's massive for us because we know what happened last year in the cup, the first round we got knocked out. So it's it's still there. It's it's chipping our shoulders, and we have to go out on Sunday and put in the same type of performance and and really really get the place going so that we can get a good cup run going. And just when you mentioned the chip on your shoulder, also a lot of the build-up was talking about the minnows, quote-unquote, quote, Sligo. What was that kind of in reaction to you guys? Was that a bit of motivation? Ah, not really. Like we obviously it came from the came after the first leg. So no, I don't. I wouldn't pay attention much to that stuff. Like it's obviously just newspapers. But Motherwell knew themselves what they were what they were coming into. They wouldn't have been their manager wouldn't have been calling us minnows. Like they knew they knew coming here tonight they were going to have a tough task, and and they did, and they. We limited them to very few chances again and thankfully took a 2-0 win. Congratulations, Shane. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Lana, you can definitely feel the confidence of Shane there. And is this something throughout the team? Do you feel that buzz when you're speaking to them? Because definitely on the pitch, you can see that they're they're really clicking. Yeah, I think so. In one, in one way, Ashley, yes. But I suppose their problem at the minute is kind of consistency. You know, they can pull it out in these um, so-called big games, you know, the European games. 
but just at the week before they had lost to UCD. So I'd say that's what he's kind of conscious of there when he's saying that, um, you know, they need to get the focus on and have as much um, build up in that into that um, cup game as they did to this game because I suppose that's the mark of a great team, isn't it? When they can um, stay consistent throughout and have those big performances, but also pull it out of the bag when they're um, playing a different quality of team as well. I've no doubt the crowd unions around Sligo Town are going to be getting hit with people trying to get to Norway next Thursday for the first leg against Viking and then probably going to Dublin most likely uh, for the tie in the round the week afterwards, so the second leg. Alana, thanks a million for joining us after what was a momentous night at the showgrounds last night. That'll be some night for Sligo Rovers as well if they have to play that one in Shamrock Rovers. But yeah, thanks a million. I'm delighted to say that we're now joined by the Sligo Rovers manager, John Russell, who's on the road at the moment, but joins us after what was a magnificent night for Sligo last night. John, how are you getting on this morning? Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, really uh, proud of all of the players and, and the staff and the performance last night. You know, it was a big moment for the club and, um, you know, we created history. Uh, there was a challenge put out to the, the players before the game last night. Could we be the first team in the history of Sligo Rovers to qualify for a for the European competition? And uh, they produced a good. Yeah, we were chatting to Alan Keane a little bit earlier on. And he was saying that probably what impressed him the most was that you go back to, say, the Bala game where you were on the ropes and it could well have seen you exit Europe on that night. Now you've come out in this Motherwell tie and played extremely well in both legs, taking even the away leg into account, which is a very professional performance, helped by Aidan's great goal last week too. But to play really well over these 180 minutes must be very pleasing for you. Yeah, um, I mean, for us as a club and, and for the League of Ireland, you know, to go away, uh, be the SPL team, and then to bring them back home and finish the job was huge, you know. And I think you were disappointed in the return against Bala, you know, our performance at home in front of the big crowd. We we rode our luck a bit on the night, but it was important as a group just to get through that first round. And, and I felt the players carried out the game plan perfectly in the second round. You know, we were fully deserving of the of the win and, you know, for us now going forward, it's about raising the bar and, and having that belief as a, as a club in Ireland that we can compete at this stage and, and get through rounds in Europe because we know the, the rewards financially for the club and it helps us push it on and not the pitch. Yeah, it's massive. If you've got a budget of around 1.8 a year and already there's 850,000 in the can, that's not including the money that's going to come in from the two games against Viking with the prize money, with, you know, the obviously we'll talk maybe in a little bit about where the game is going to be, but you take the ticket sales into account as well. This is a huge financial injection for the club. That's massive, yeah. We don't have a big benefactor or people pumping money into the club in Sligo we have our model it's um, community run you know the committee do an unbelievable job and the fundraising that goes on every year to keep the, the club full time um, you know we're developing the academy but it costs money and fortunately at the moment we don't have a big TV deal in the League of Ireland and prize money wouldn't be that big so when you do get a chance in, in Europe to get through rounds you've got to grab with both hands and uh, the finances will be a big help. You know, there are plans to redevelop the stadium and, and build training facilities. So hopefully this will accelerate all that process. Yeah, well, especially when you consider that there's multiples to be earned compared to winning the League of Ireland. Like even getting a result in one of these games in Europe can be worth as much as the prize money for winning the League of Ireland. So that just maybe goes to show the importance of getting a run if you do win a few games in these competitions. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing for us now is we've got to make sure we get into those European spots in the league. Um, we want to be competing in there next year, whether it's through the Cup or getting into the top three, because we know that it's key to get this money in and, you know, to grow the club, you need to be able to 
to compete in Europe to attract players and um, it's going to be massive uh, you know we capitalise on this you know sometimes you have to have a lucky draw as well you know sometimes you get big teams in the first round and you don't have really a good chance of getting through but thankfully the two teams you played so far we've had a game plan and we've executed and last night, John, three minutes in, Shane Blaney lifts the place completely. What was it like on the sideline and the reaction? Uh, it was a special moment. You know, I said it before, European nights are special occasions for all the players, for the fans, you know, and the atmosphere in the ground, you know, around the town, even building up into the game was amazing. And to get a, a start like that, you know, you saw that goal in any league around the world. It'll be getting replayed every, uh, every couple of hours. And for Shane, I, I see him in training every morning. He practices penalties and free kicks, and for him to set up or step up in that setting and that moment and the score was always incredible. It also must settle you then on the sideline because if you get the lead, you know things can settle down a small bit then. Absolutely, yeah. There's always going to be that um, nervousness coming into the second round or second leg. You know, Motherwell they had a good look at us in the first round and they were hurting, and you know when we played them over there, and I think we fully deserved to get the one 0 win. But their crowd were booing, and you could see and sense that the frustration from them. So we knew there was going to be a reaction coming over last night, and you know we knew we had to start on the front foot and you know try and get an early goal and not just sit back for the whole whole game and try and protect the lead and, and take take a one in the lead early in the game. It really calmed the nerves and helped us grow into the game. Yeah, something Graham Alexander was talking about after they were booed off the pitch. He was saying, "Look, it's understandable that the fans will have." an expectation but he was very quick to put praise back onto your team by saying look Sligo have come over here they've defended very well as a unit they've scored their goal they've come away with a very much deserved 1-0 win and basically he was saying his side deserved the flack they were getting from their fans because of the fact that they were so well constrained by you guys he was very quick to give credit back Yeah I know uh, I think it's nice to get those compliments because you know we have top players here and I've said it before you know our league probably underrated and for us to get that result it probably raised the profile again and you know we've got young players at Sligo Rovers that have huge potential huge talent and to play on the European stage it allows them to showcase their abilities and you know we're doing an incredible amount of work you know it's a full-time professional club and the players want to improve every day and the staff are working really hard with them and you know moments like that last night you're coming up against players that are perceived as a higher level and a, and a higher league and we're well capable of competing against these teams and you know it was a big night for the club and, and a big statement Is there a little bit of a balancing act over the next few weeks now because you want to progress in the FAI Cup this coming weekend and then you want to keep your league form around the two legs against Viking as well it's a very important period coming up for you now because you mentioned you don't want this to be a one-off run in Europe potentially miss out in the European places for next season you've got to try and balance it off across a few competitions now in the coming weeks yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. The, the club probably hasn't experienced that before. And, you know, you've seen it last year with Bohemians. They had a fabulous run in Europe and, and then they ended up getting to the cup final and just missing out winning it. And they missed out in Europe. So you can see how quickly it can change. So for us, we've got to try and balance the squad as best we can and, you know, rotate where we can without compromising any games or, and, and still get results. But look, the, the players are hungry. They're you know well capable of going on a run now, and the challenge is to get back into those European places in the league. We were talking a bit earlier about you know when you came in and when Bucko left, and we were wondering where Sligo's form was going to go after that. How much are you enjoying this adventure as manager of the club now? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's a work in progress, and I've been in the job probably two months now, and 
you know, an incredible amount of work has gone in and you're, you're trying to change the culture within the club and, um, you know, change the mentality of the players and, and give them belief that we can raise our, our levels and, 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 and go and compete at a higher level. You know, we want to be competing for the getting through rounds and, and believing that as an Irish club we can go and, and get these results. But you got to do your work. When you come into the training grounds, you know, it's, going through your principles of play, it's the gym sessions, the video analysis stuff, the, our team meetings, all that stuff feeds into the performances on the pitch and trying to create that style of play and an identity. And, you know, for the fans last night to, to walk out the showgrounds after witnessing that performance, that's what we want to be giving back. And John, you were involved back in 2014 against Rosenberg. There was heartbreak that night. It probably felt like one that got away. Does nights like last night make up for it a small bit? Ah, it really does, yeah. I was asked that question actually after the game last night and Dave Cawley, club captain who played um, last night and was outstanding. He, himself and Dave were in the middle of the park against Rosenberg in both those games and it's uh, one where you still have, well, I did have sleepless nights, uh, you know, it was a huge missed opportunity for the club to go 1-0 up at home in the return leg, you know, 3-1 on aggregate and still get knocked out. It was devastating. So, you know, last night was probably one that... Uh, yeah, helps soften the blow of that Rosenberg game. You probably learn a lot from those occasions. Even when you you lose like that, you probably know going into last night's game, you probably think of those moments and think, right, what did I learn from that? Yeah, there's, there's always learning um, from past experiences and especially from um, from failures and, and, and losses. So for me, yeah, the, the, going into the, the second leg, you know, I felt we needed to to be on the front foot, but obviously execute the game plan and, and, and be ready for any adjustments that, that they might make. And, uh, you know, I thought they might change shape within the game and thankfully they didn't, but we would have prepared for all that. And, you know, I felt the, the substitutions that we made in the game were the, were the right ones at the right time. And, you know, there was fresh legs and we were always a threat to counter in the second half. And it wasn't that we sat back and it was a, you know, we were defending the, the whole game. I think, thought we were fully deserving of the 2 0 victory in the end. Yeah, I, look, that was seen with the second goal. I mean, Matt finished it really well. Good work by Keena for the second goal too. Like that's exactly what you want—a clinical moment. Just to any nerves that might have been there about Motherwell getting back into the game late on, everything was lifted when that goal went in. You could almost kind of watching the game even on TV. You could feel within the ground just that relief that was saying, "Right, we're into round three once the ball hit the net." Yeah, there, there was relief. Um, I suppose it's just that thing with, with Irish clubs. There's always sob stories and uh, what if and all. Uh, you know, it was a heroic effort, but and, and it was important last night that there was none of that, you know, that we came in, there was, there was pressure on us, there was probably a bit more pressure on Motherwell, and, you know, we were still seen as the underdogs, but, you know, for Irish clubs to compete and, and be beating an FBL team home and away, it's huge, and, you know, to get the second goal, it does calm the nerves, and, and it shows, again, the potential of the players, you know, the product is there on the pitch. John, just one other question before we bring in um, yeah. Gary Buckley here. Just wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, the club is obviously just going to have to have a think now about the home leg in a couple of weeks and where it's potentially going to play. Um, what is your feeling on it? It looks like it's probably going to be moved over to Dublin, though. Yeah, my feeling on it will be try and get it to the showgrounds. Um, you know, whatever criteria we need to try and meet or, or get, get the ground up to speed in the next, we've got, you know, just under two weeks. Um, hopefully... The, the club and the FEI that we can try and work with UEFA and, and host us and, and play it at the showgrounds because you know that's that's a home home ground. You want our home supporters uh, to be able to walk up to the, the showgrounds and, and witness us playing uh, good football against the top opposition. Well, John, congrats on the great results and the best of luck over the next couple of weeks with Viking.
Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thank We've you. got Gary Buckley uh, ready to join us, I think, as well, uh, to look back on what was a momentous night. Gary, what a night for the club. Yeah, great night. Jesus, uh, everything went so well for us. I thought we performed in the night and well deserved to be honest over the two legs yeah I mean the performance has to be quite pleasing because understandably nerves could kick in like Motherwell were talking about a response that was one of the things Graham Alexander was saying after the first leg last week that they were going to go to Ireland and they were going to try and get an early goal and turn this tie around but instead it goes completely the opposite way and like we're absolutely you know talking up this free kick from last night but what an amazing goal ah yeah unbelievable goal I suppose a perfect start for us Ada does brilliant to, to make the free kick and um, yeah, some start from the first, some strike from from us in the half. <laughs> I know I couldn't do that anyway, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great strike and uh, to be fair, he has that in the locker to a great left foot and uh, perfect start for us. And from there, it was kind of comfortable. You know, we you know we had two all lead and to be honest, we were comfortable all all, all t- t- two legs like. Um, didn't really concede much as in chances and stuff so as soon as that went then we kind of in the back of our heads we knew if we kept the same same performance going that we, we were true like yeah, it was a bit less dramatic than Pats who had to rely on their goalkeeper to make a few good saves in Slovenia last night and having to take the penalties but I'm sure um, having had the drama against Bala a couple of rounds ago you're probably thinking well, I don't mind a, a more composed and quiet night at the showgrounds where you score a goal early and score a goal late and progress pretty comfortably no, no, that's not ideal anyway with the with the chances we coughed up against Bale and stuff and they'd, they'd done unbelievable for us to get through before before he left and um, so was over two legs I suppose in the first leg Luke done brilliant for us as well half chances here and there pot shots outside the box but I suppose John set us up brilliantly there for, for this leg and done his great homework on Motherwell and we're talking, like I said we were comfortable enough uh, solid enough in the back four back five and like I said well deserved over the two legs to go through Can you tell us a bit about what John has changed over the last couple of months because he said to us just a few minutes ago that he was coming in to maybe try and just get the spirits up again maybe change the culture a little bit and maybe a little bit of change in the style of the football what's John brought since he's come in? Um, I suppose probably the biggest thing for me that I know is probably just intensity um, obviously Liam had his ways and stuff and he wanted to kind of control football which is which is his way of doing things, which is fine. But I suppose John has his own ways and he wants to kind of be kind of, kind of aggressive on and off the ball, and even on the ball, moving it quickly and stuff like that. And I suppose it took us a few weeks to um, to get used to it and stuff like that. But we're reaping the awards now, and then um, in Europe, that kind of style is suiting us as well. And hopefully, going forward, now into the league games as well, we kind of kick up the table as well, not just in Europe, but. Big thing for me is John's intensity and and and, um, and even the training and stuff like that. We're in more often than not, um, and 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 with Liam. But I'm enjoying it, really enjoying it. It's um, it's great when you're when you're winning games. That's the that's the great thing. But um, yeah, it's 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 great when you're when you're going through rounds in Europe and everybody's happy and stuff like that. But so far, so good. It's 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 same goal really. Like you know. Yeah, because we were chatting about the need for consistency and probably, look, the squad is going to be tested a little bit over the next while. Um, want to progress in the FAI Cup, want to try and go through in the two legs against Viking, which are coming up. As you say, want to shoot up the league table. Sometimes when a team has a run in Europe, it affects their form domestically. You want to make sure that doesn't happen, particularly over the next few weeks. And bringing that kind of consistency is going to be really important because you know, before you went to Scotland, I remember that UCD game where you were dropping points and it's going to be a case now of hopefully, from your point of view, not allowing your domestic form to dip here. 
no, no, absolutely not. That's that's not ideal. You can't get carried away in Europe and stuff like that because the league is a bread and butter that will ultimately get us Europe again next year if we if if we don't make Europe again next year. But no, this is a waste of nothing, waste for nothing. Like so, yeah, it's it's back to bread and butter now on Sunday and the FA Cup and like there's another there's another big occasion there to get to get to the Viva as well, which is a huge game for the club again. Um, so it's it's kind of heads down, you know, back in the train again tomorrow. Not ideal, obviously, with the with the games coming ticking fast, but that, that's that's the joy of it, and that's being a footballer. But focus now is on Sunday, and then we've already booked Norway next week. You know, it was a massive night for the fans as well. Um, it looked electric watching on. What was it like on the pitch? Yeah, it was great. Jesus, I've, I've played many cup finals and league deciders, and, and that that was well up there as a for atmosphere. Jesus, I suppose the goal at uh, at the start was a great help for us as well. They kind of got behind us and we kicked on from there. Um, but yeah, Jesus, show so, showgrounds was rocking. It was um, it was really impressive to be fair. And if we have that through through every game this year, close to that, then. We find it hard to lose games in, in the showgrounds this year. It's just it's just getting that every week, which is great. Um, but yeah, geez, the fans have been brilliant. Yeah, it builds that bond with the supporters too. Like you know, chatting to some Sligo Rovers fans who've gone to the two away legs and have had yeah, you know, let's be fair, a good time uh, going to England primarily. I think for most of them going to Bala first, and uh, many of them went into Liverpool, and then some of them went along to Scotland to watch the games against Motherwell. Now they've got a trip to Norway as players. Is your feeling that you can now give Viking a right good fight over these two legs coming up? I don't see why not. Um, I suppose the way John and Ryan Casey do their homework, um, there's no stone unturned. I suppose um, we know now that we, as long as we turn up, put a shift, keep a clean sheet, that we'll have a chance. We've got Aidan Keane and Max Matt up front that we get chances, we're going to score them. So it was a big thing for us that we kept a clean sheet in the last two games, and that's given us opportunities to go and win. But um, yeah, we we be fearful of no one really in this stage of the groups or this stage of qualifiers. Like I said, it's just, Gary, uh, before you go, is that we're going to talk Pats a little bit later on. It was just nice to the supporter of the League of Ireland to watch within about kind of 15 minutes of each other just a kind of a, a yes tweet coming from both clubs about the fact that they qualified with Pats coming through. Like as a League of Ireland man, and even having watched you know, Shamrock Rovers play quite well against Ludogrets, you guys are rivals throughout the season, but to have had three really good Irish performances in Europe this week is fantastic for the league. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. In the Shamrock Rovers game, I was I was willing them to go on. You know, even when they got the two 0 I was I was buzzing for them because it's great for us as players to see that um, playing the league and and um, seeing Shamrock Rovers go tuning up against Little Regrets was great. And obviously, saw the result after buzzing for Pats as well. That's what it is like. Because to be honest, we're 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 we are the league, so it's um it's great for us. And I hope, I know that they they'll see us do well as well. But um. Like, to be honest, we're, we're a big family with the league and we should be all looking out for each other, you know. Well, look, Gary, best luck getting ready for FEI Cup this Sunday and then getting ready for the trip across to Norway for next Thursday as well. It's a very exciting period for the Bitter Red. Thanks a million for joining us on OTB AM. No worries. Thanks very much. Cheers. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.